This is the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers, sponsored by Track Barn, the home of the best custom backpacks out there. Use the code MEMES15 at trackbarn.com to get 15% off your purchases this track season. Follow them on Instagram at trackbarn. Hey, y'all, thank you for tuning into another episode of the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers. This is episode five. Today, you'll hear from the most decorated NCAA D1 collegiate athlete and future Olympian, Magdalene Ewan, aka Maggie. You'll hear her journey of how she ended up at ASU, how she landed on focusing on shot put professionally, and how she handled the pressures of being a champion. Maggie was easy to talk to, and you'll hear how kind-hearted she really is. You can follow Maggie on Instagram at Magdalene May. Please subscribe to the podcast, and if you aren't already, follow us on Instagram, at Memes for Throwers. Hope you enjoy episode five of the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers. Enjoy. Hey, thank you for listening to the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers. My next guest is one of the most decorated D1 collegiate female athletes in NCAA history. Born in the frozen Midwest in Minnesota and landing in sunny Arizona State University, she was a seven-time Pac-12 champion and a four-time NCAA D1 national champion. She holds the NCAA women's shot put and hammer records. In 2019, she placed fourth at the World Championships in Doha. She's currently ranked seventh in the world in shot put. She's one of the most consistent throwers that I have seen on Instagram, her throwing form is an art form. In the rain, sun or snow, grass fields, tree-filled woods, or a nice indoor or outdoor ring, no matter the elements, location, or obstacles, she is always grinding. Please join me in welcoming Olympic hopeful Maggie Ulin. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, did I say that right, Ulin? Yeah, Ewan, Ewan, it's Ewan. all kind of the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, um, is it Mac? Do you go by Magdalene or do you go by Maggie? I go by Maggie. Okay. A lot easier right. to say. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's totally cool. Um, is that that? I mean, you don't see a lot of Magdalens a lot. Like, is that a family name? Like, where did that come from? Do you know? Um. Yeah. So my parents really liked the name Maggie May. It matched kind of the rhythm of my sister's name too. Um, but they didn't want a Margaret. And so they named me Magdalene and then found out, you know, like a month later from my mom's sister. So my aunt that we actually have a grandma, like four generations back named Magdalene. Oh. So it was kind of a family name and kind of just a pretty name. Yeah. <laughs> So did you go, did you, like, for instance, like, this is kind of, I mean, this is kind of quirky and I don't know who's interested in like these things, but like, like for instance, like my daughter, when we were, when my wife and I had our first daughter, we were thinking of names and we wanted names where like, you couldn't like shorten. So for instance, like if we were to have a boy, like we knew that we didn't want to call them Benjamin because we wanted to call him Benjamin and not Ben because people would just shorten it to Ben and then having uh-huh. to correct everybody to be like, no, my name is actually Benjamin. So we didn't want to have our daughters kind of go through that kind of thing. So we decided to like go. So my oldest, her name is Ryan. So, uh-huh. and then we made sure it was Ryan with, so we would R Y with a capital A and then E. So everybody knows it's Ryan and not just like Ryan or something like that. Yeah. 
but for instance, so for you, were like growing up, were you always Maggie right away, or were you Magdalene and people, and you had to correct people and people were like, oh hey, what's up, Maggie? Like, no, it's actually Magdalene. So no, it was always Maggie. I don't think I think I was maybe like in sixth or seventh grade before I finally realized my full name was Magdalene because my parents never called me. I've only ever heard them say my full name like once in my whole yeah. life. Yeah. Um, so it's always been Maggie. Only very few people only call me Magdalene. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny though. I, I mean, that's, I mean, that's funny to hear you say like, it wasn't until like I was in sixth grade so that I realized like my, my full name is Magdalene. That, that's kind of funny to me. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I had no idea. <laughs> so like, no, no, like, so obviously you were a great kid and not get any trouble because no full Yep. Full name, middle name, last name came out of the parents' mouth for discipline reasons. Yep, I was an easy kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, I mean, let's kind of go into some throwing things. Um, from what I, my understanding is, like you, like throwing is kind of in the family, correct? Like your dad was a is a throws coach, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, my dad was a. Uh, he went to the Olympic trials for hammer after um, being, I think Illinois state's first all American. I wow. think like, I think on the whole track team, he was the first one they ever had. Wow. Um, and he did that in the weight actually, but you know, he was totally self-taught in the hammer, um, always rotating through different coaches at ISU. So he basically taught himself and um, got to that level and he was super talented and, when I started throwing, he um, he didn't tell us he was a track athlete or anything like that. He was just kind of like, hey, I I, uh, I know how to do that. You want me to show you uh, how to do that? And I was like, yeah, that'd be sweet. And <laughs> worked out from there. That's awesome. So, like, it wasn't like, a, you know, like, hey, you were born, like, let's put, like, a tennis ball on your hand right away. Like, let's work your way up. No, nothing like that. Actually, my mom – um, is an incredibly talented volleyball player. She was uh, the first substitute for the Olympic team in volleyball as well. And Merry uh, Christmas. She, <laughs> she, uh, she went to Ohio State, still holds some like of the volleyball records out there. She's just super talented. Um, and it was really funny because me and my sister come home with a flyer for volleyball one day when we were in like middle school. And we we're like, we want to try this. My mom's like, hey, I did that. You want me to show you how to do it? And we were like, yeah. And then two or three years later, we come home with a track flyer. Same thing. My dad's like, hey, I used to do that. You want me to show you how to do that? And we were like, yeah. So <laughs> never awesome. got pressured into sports, but somehow fell into the perfect two for my family. Yeah, that's totally cool. Was your dad your, your actual coach? Like, So was this like, was this in high school you got the flyer or was it middle school? So it was... Oh, I think I was in fifth grade. My sister was in seventh grade. So she started doing kind of like the, you know, junior high track and field. And when her and my dad would go out to practice, basically just little Maggie tagged along um, and threw discuses and stuff too. <laughs> um, until like two years later when I could actually be on the team. So yeah. that's how it worked out for me. Yeah. And so, um, I, I uh, you know, follow you on Instagram, and then I see that, you, you know, you got the garage set up for the indoor yeah. a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, so when you started becoming passionate about that, like, was that kind of like, 
you know, what she did. I mean, obviously, I mean, maybe I'm just kind of stereotyping like Minnesota in that way, but I mean, I feel like you guys have snow like nine months out of the year, you know, <laughs> which, which we over here in Washington, which in Washington is the, it's the equivalent of like rain. People like think it rains like all year round here, like 12 months out of the year, you know, it's just consistently <laughs> raining. It doesn't stop, which today is like super sunny. I don't know if you can see. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so was that like a, you know, you set the, you know, set up stuff in the garage. Like that was that kind of like the daily routine, like when you got really excited and passionate about it. Yeah. Well, I think, um, it wasn't maybe until like, I was like a eighth grader freshman that, you know, we kind of started to realize like, Oh, you know, like not, well, really, I never really realized how good I was at it kind of, it was always just something that I found to be really, really fun and really enjoyable. And it was extra enjoyable because it was, you know, something I did with my dad. And like, from all the years of doing it, it was where kind of all my friends were, they were in like the throwing group and all that kind of stuff. And um, so really, my parents enjoy working out, which is why we have the weight room. Um, they still work out, you know, they're in their 50s. And they still go work out, you know, every other day, go out, run like five miles every night. They're crazy. Um, but, you know, the weight room was for them. And uh, when I got old enough, my dad is a, um, he went to college to be like a strength and conditioning coach, you know. So basically he wrote my programs. Um, we threw up the tarp in the garage. So when it started snowing, we could still throw and really it was never something that like we were like we need this because we need to keep training and all that kind of stuff it's just really like it was something I enjoyed doing so much you know not necessarily that I was passionate about it at that time I just really enjoyed doing it that uh we just threw a tarp up so we could just basically continue to have fun even when there was snow on the ground yeah that's awesome so I mean volleyball in the we guys have volleyball in the fall Yep. And then what do you guys have you guys have indoor track in the winter time? We so don't. Did, so did you play basketball then? Ugh, no, that's a lot of running. Um no. I <laughs> I did volleyball in the fall and then I did uh junior Olympic volleyball in the winter. Okay. Um and then um track spring summer. Got it. So, yeah, that was my cycle. <laughs> yeah. it's. A, I mean, I'm kind of shocked. I mean, a little shocked a little bit because I feel like when I talk to people who are from the Midwest, like basketball is ingrained in, in them. They know? really tried to recruit me onto the team, but I was like, I'm not doing that much running. Thank you. Goodbye. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they tried to. That's, that's funny. But, yeah, I mean, it's not for everybody. But, you know, I mean, I guess if they would have – if you they would have cut you a deal to – just be an offensive player only maybe I don't know maybe. How that <laughs> well I I because I started track you know in fifth sixth grade I started yeah. volleyball in like second grade okay. so volleyball all, volleyball is probably my first passion really um I almost went to college for volleyball as well because it was such a big thing for me um so honestly I never even considered any other sport because when high school season ended you know like I wasn't done playing volleyball I wanted to play more so it was always just we're gonna go on and play rec 
never yeah. even crossed my mind to play another sport. Right. So, um, fun fact about me, I'm actually the high school JV coach for volleyball. Oh, so, yeah? Yeah, so I know the game uh, a little, you know, I'm not like, yeah, I know the game a little bit. So, were you OH? Were you a setter? Like, were you a libero? Like, what was your specialty? Like, did you hit the jump serve? Like, what were you, what were you doing? <laughs> like, were you just crushing it on people? Like, uh, kind of. Um, so, I was a setter at first. Because okay. the varsity team needed a setter, and so I was a setter at first. And then um, I moved oh, – what was I? And so, so in seventh grade, I was a setter. And then I moved to be a middle in eighth grade. Okay. And then a bunch of the seniors graduated. So by the time I was in ninth grade, I was pretty much just kind of playing wherever my coach needed me to play. <laughs> but nice. by the end, I was an outside hitter. Okay. Um. You know, did the whole, like, got a thousand kills in my career. There you go. All that That's kind awesome. of stuff. Doing the jump serve, you know. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Made yeah. the all-state, like, team for high school. Um, it was a lot of fun. I miss volleyball a lot. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I respect the game. I've, I never really played it other than, rec- you know, recreationally. Mm-hmm. But there's so much, you know, as far as, like, um, you know, strategy in the game and so much, like, in-game coaching and you know yeah. things that you have to do because sometimes like I mean you can prepare for people you know but obviously the game goes so quickly that you have to be able to make adjustments yeah. um what how many do you remember or recall like like how many like what is the game or match that you had them like what is the most aces that you that you served oh gosh um do you know a number I don't remember. It was so long ago. That's now. okay. That's back that far. <laughs> no, that's totally okay. I mean, some people remember, like some people, you know, oh, yeah, remember no. those stats or whatever. But I just no, thought that would be a fun question. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I remember watching a game that our our team played, and like we were on a run. <clears throat> like I think we had like fifteen aces in a row. Like awesome. I mean, like, you know, so the team wasn't very good, so we kind of felt bad. So we, you know. <laughs> We kind of sent one flying a little bit, so so we wouldn't run them off the court yeah. right away. But anyways, backtrack to what people really want to know yep. about, yep. of course. Yep. Um, so, you know, you get into high school, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, you start to think that, oh, I'm just doing this for fun, like I really enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. But when did you, like, make that turn of, like, like, man, I could, like, go to school for this, like, you know, because like you said, mentioned, like, I, I you know, kind of went thought about going to college for volleyball. Yeah. Um, I guess when did you make that decision that you were going to kind of, sit, you know, focus, I don't necessarily focus on track, but focus was going to be like kind of your future. Um, honestly, I was still thinking about playing volleyball uh, when I was getting recruited. Um, some colleges gave me the option to go to do both. Some okay. colleges recruited me only for volleyball. Some recruited me only for track. Um, and basically, uh, for me, the decision came down to, um, you know, do I want my success to be determined, you know, on my merits alone and, like, what I'm able to give? Or do I want to have to rely on a group of people, um, you know, to make it happen on the same day at the same time together? And for me, it really came down to wanting to have that responsibility in my own hands, um, which is why I chose track. And uh, 
I didn't want to do the whole double, didn't want to be a volleyball and a track person at college because I'm like, I, you know, I want to be good at something and I don't want to have to split my time. Yeah. I don't want to have to, you know, dedicate myself in more than one way, especially knowing I wanted to do three events. I was like, I can't do three events yeah. and another sport right. and accomplish the things I want to accomplish. So. Right. Yeah. Plus, if you if you look at the two compared, um, throwing has the least amount of running uh, than volleyball. So, yep. I mean, that, that probably had a little bit of uh, weight in that. Yeah, um, exactly so. <laughs> And so, um, so you go from the snowy, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that because I don't want people from the Midwest to, to categorize that I think that's always <laughs> snowing there. But so you, you, you come from Minnesota yep. and then you kind of, you come to the West Coast mm-hmm. um, or, you know, kind of the West Coast, you know, and you, and you land at Arizona State University. Yeah. Um, like, was that like, like oh man that's always been a place I wanted to go was it something that you like came across like just out of the blue like how yeah. did you how'd you land there so um when I was doing all my recruiting basically kind of my big like no-nos that I didn't want in school where I hated the heat absolutely despise it um and I didn't want to be far away from home <laughs> and Arizona fits into both those categories. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, I remember I got off the phone once um, with Coach Dumble, and, you know, I, I wasn't – I just threw because I really enjoyed throwing. I didn't really realize, you know, like I didn't watch college throwers. I didn't watch professional throwers. I, like, I wasn't, like, a throwing, like, nerd, quote-unquote. Yeah. I just yeah. loved – throwing itself yeah. but there's no i mean shout out to those throwing nerds there's nothing wrong with you guys oh, no, like, for sure. yeah for, for sure, sure. We, lo- we love you and I appreciate you <laughs> yeah i am now and i really appreciate you guys but it wasn't yeah. that <laughs> by any means and uh so you know i get off the phone um with dumble and i go to my dad and my dad's like oh, who was that you know which coach was that and i was like i, I think he said his name was dumble maybe i, I think like arizona <laughs> i don't know and my dad's just like Oh my God, this is great. You know, cause he had Anna Gelmini at the time, Chelsea Casulo, national champions, you know, Ryan Jordan, Sarah Jess had all just come through not too long ago. And yeah, my dad was like, yes, that's beautiful. And I was like, I'm not about it. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, just, just try it. You know, he's like, yeah. he's like, we only had two visits scheduled. I was only going to the university of Minnesota and yeah. Colorado state. Those were okay. the only two I had scheduled. And, um, my dad was basically like, look, you, you have three more, just take this random one. You could go down, absolutely hate it, you know, but you'll never know unless you go and try, you know, you go see it yeah. for yourself and got down there and just fell in love with it. Literally like the second I walked on campus, I loved the team. I loved the place. Granted, it was like winter then. So it was like perfect in Arizona. Yeah, so well, there you go. <laughs> I had no idea what was coming, you know, right, in the summer, right. but, um, you know, loved Dumble, loved everything about it and basically like committed that weekend, like in my heart, you know, <laughs> I committed awesome. that weekend. Yeah. It, it was really, I never thought I'd have that moment of like, you step on campus and you're just like, I know, like this is yeah. it. I, I had that moment and um, that's how I ended up down there. <laughs> 
breaking yeah. all my little rules of no heat and not far away. It yeah. just worked. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's amazing how that kind of stuff happens. Like in your mind, you have like these set of like lists that you want for sure. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, some, some other opportunities come up and you're like, oh man, not in my wildest dreams I'd ever thought that this was going to be a place that I'd go to. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, kind of like where you're at now, looking back, you're like, wow, that was probably the best decision that like, you know, I mean, not yeah. to say that like, if you were, were to gone to University of Minnesota or probably ought to say that you couldn't have been decorated like you were before but obviously it's the story that it was meant for you and that was that's kind of a cool cool little deal for you you know yeah um so i want to kind of go through a little bit of collegiate stuff so you get down there mm-hmm. um and you're like all right i'm throwing i'm throwing all three like this is what i'm gonna do yep and so like how was that i mean because i i I find it even hard just in high school for kids to throw two, mm-hmm. you know, and I have some of the kids that, you know, are kind of, you know, the, the tr- for in Washington, for people that don't know, we actually throw the javelin out here. It's so, so, cool. so to throw the javelin out here too. So, you know, we have the trifecta. So they, have, you know, you know, they have the jab shot and discus. So I have some of the kids that will throw all three. Yeah. Very hard to like get that into a high school practice to like throw, you know, all three. So yeah. when you're coming in there and you're, you know, you say, I want to throw all three, like what does your training look like? Or do you, do you throw all three every single day or do you split that up? Like, how was that for you? Yeah. So it was different with Dumble, how I started college versus blue, how I ended college. But when I first got there, um, Dumble, uh, we had two throwing practices a day and then lifting. So mm-hmm. it was usually, you know, we would do, you know, it was something like that where, you know, it'd be like disc and hammer Monday, you know, shot Tuesday, disc, hammer, shot, disc, hammer, shot, whatever. And then once he started to realize I was pretty good at the shot put, he had me throwing shot four days a week. And then I basically just shot disc, shot hammer, shot disc, shot hammer, mm-hmm. shot disc. Um, and then when blue came, um, blue had me on a schedule where it was just, um kind of like one and a half events a day so he would have me do shot you know disc camera shot disc and then like right at the end of practice um you know after about an hour of throwing he'd have me throw maybe just like 10 or 15 minutes of whatever event we were gonna throw the next day just Mm -hmm. to kind of like wake up my body and be like okay this is cool we did this practice but now we have to get ready for this for tomorrow so we're just gonna get a couple of those drills in then we're going to do that practice tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was uh, with Blue, there was definitely a lot of weekend practices, getting all um, three events in, you know, the number of times we thought we needed to practice and only having two years with him, you know, we, we definitely utilized the weekends. We were there yeah. in the mornings, the evenings. I basically lived at the track my last two years of college. Yeah. I mean, it's like thinking back to schedule wise, like in those of you, I mean, kind of been through, I mean, I would say significantly kind of a different, like a schedule, uh, I guess, throws coaches that might be like new to collegiate throwers that get multi, multi-event throwers, or even like, you know, kids who are at smaller schools that may not have a coach and are trying to figure out like how to balance these. 
like out of those two kind of schedules, like what did you find beneficial for either or? And, and like, what would you maybe suggest uh, for those ones who are trying to figure out what would work best for them? I personally, um, the whole two events a day, you know, I got a lot out of it, but boy, was that exhausting, you know, doing that every week and then having to go and do like two and a half hours of lifting after doing two hours of throwing. That was tough. Um, I really liked the, you know, get an hour of this event in, you know, kind of train your brain to get ready for the next day, give it just like 10 minutes of another event and then go through that other event, you know, tomorrow. And, you know, you have, if you're willing to use them, you have weekends, you know, utilize those. It's only an hour out of your day, you know, to go train, go get a little extra reps in. Um, so I really preferred that method um, yeah. of one a day, really put that focus in. You don't have to, you know, try and go easy at all to like save up your energy to get through two hours of throwing, you know, you can really dedicate yourself to that one event every day. And, um, I really thought that was more beneficial. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. I mean, even for a collegiate athlete where the, I mean, I wouldn't say the school load is light, but like, it's a different kind of a, a deal from high school where you're in school mm -hmm. for eight hours a day. Um, you know, that's, a, that's, a, <laughs> that's just still long days, you know, even if you have two, okay. yeah, two practices plus a lifting session and, homework and you know eating and all that stuff that you have to get in there as yeah. well I mean that's such a huge sacrifice of of your time and just your body as well but Definitely. I, mean, I, I kind of coach probably the same way as, as blue does where we just focus on one discipline or one event like one day mm -hmm. and then if the kids at the end like have you know conquered what we wanted to accomplish then you know they throw a little bit they warm up a little bit in the other one um and then we switch all those days. So I'm, I'm, I think typically most of the, I think high school coaches at least are, are probably that way um, as far as how they coach coaching goes, or I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but who knows? <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you, um, you know, you, you are, are, are really decorated. I mean, I was, I, I knew like how much you like had done at, at, you know, while your time at the PAC 12, um, at Arizona State um, and just kind of looking over you know some of the things that you have accomplished especially like in those last two years of like in school there yeah. um, how how did you um, how were you able to number one like stay motivated after you you know Pac-12 you know you've been to the NCAAs um, but, you know, winning the Pac-12, like, how did you stay, keep yourself motivated um, to continue on, I guess, like, to continue to, to get better and, and to stay hungry in that, in that sense? Yeah. And then also, how are you able to balance um, the pressure that comes with that? Like, you know, you're, a th you know, I mean, that, that's, it's crazy to think about, like, you know, you know, three you know, if at the end of that season, you know, indoor, outdoor, you're like, you're like, oh man, I was a three time, like Pac-12 champion, you know, all American honors, you know, D1 and like multiple. And like, sometimes people don't even like, you know, win their conference championships, let alone like, you know, multiple years of on top and even like get to the NCAA national championships. 
mm-hmm. let alone like you know <laughs> winning a national championship. <laughs> Yeah. So, so how how did you I guess number one like stay motivated to keep grinding and then, but also like how did you deal with the pressure? I mean I would I would just feel like that like for like the pressure that you, I mean I can I can't imagine for you I can't think like how you think but like I would just imagine the pressure of being like okay like coming into my senior year like I have a lot to live up for like you know how's that gonna look so I don't know maybe talk about like internally like what were you thinking like how did you deal with that like yeah and you know yeah so I guess um kind of the answer like the first half of that question like how do I stay motivated um through all of it is I guess I think a little weird I think um and that I'm not particularly focused on winning as weird as that sounds, you know, for me, it's way more important to, you know, do well, to compete consistently, to throw farther than I've ever thrown. And if that allows me to win a meet, sweet, you know, but if, you know, like you can't complain if you threw a PR and still got second, you know, cause mm. you're saying like, I still did literally better than I've ever done. Right. You know, I can't be mad at myself. Um, So for me, I've always been a very internal thrower and very internally motivated where, you know, for me, it's just, it's all about what I'm doing. It's all about what I'm able to produce on the day. And, um, you know, if I'm able to do my thing and get a good throw off, I'm happy even if I don't necessarily win. Um, So, you know, the fact that, you know, you win a national championship you know, I win Pac-12s, all that kind of stuff. For me, it's like super cool, but I know I can throw farther. So let's Mm. focus on trying to do that, you know, and if I throw farther, then I mean, I should win again next year, but we'll see. Um, Yeah. So for me, that's, I guess that's kind of how my brain works when it comes to competition and wanting to grow as a thrower and do better. It's more so about what I personally do, not necessarily what I can achieve with those distances. Right. Um, what was your second question? I'm sorry. It it was like, you know, how, how do you deal with the pressures that come along with that? Like, you know, obviously you, 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 like, like you said, like internally, I'm I'm able to just, you know, focus on like the distances that I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, throwing, but like, you know, you got, I don't know. I'm not saying again, like friends, teammates, other people, you know, I mean, that a lot of that comes with it. I mean, just even the introduction of like the, the, the list of like the accomplishments that you have, like, like having to, having to necessarily like live up to those expectations that people would yeah. have for you. I think, honestly, I think that's where my mindset um, actually comes in handy too, is I never really feel overly stressed or pressured to like live up to winning something, mm-hmm. you know, like, winning it again or anything like that, you know, because like for me, like I said, I'm just trying to do the best I can do on that day and hopefully better than I did on that day a year ago, you know? And so hopefully that should land me again in first, but really it all comes down to the day, you know, somebody else can have a three meter PR and beat me even if I PR'd. So I mean, good for them, but also good for me because I PR'd, you know, so like yeah. for me, I, I guess I just don't really feel like those stresses or pressures of kind of like being in the lead because yeah. of how, I guess, how I think about success and how I think about 
internally pushing myself and not the external pressures. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, like, honestly, like as a thrower, like, um, having that mindset is, is an advantage to a lot, like in your competition, especially like going into the world stage and, and having the pressures of like trying to perform and expectations of you to do that, but having that mindset. Cause I, I tell my young athletes, like if you can be mentally stronger mm-hmm. than, than all of like people who are competing, yeah. then you've already beat like probably half the field there. The other half, the other half of the half is like, how well is your technique and your preparation yeah. that you've put yourself through? And then it's just like, okay, are you going to like, you know, bring it that day? Yeah. So, that's where I got lucky. My dad was telling me since like fifth grade, he's like throwing, obviously a physical thing, 90% mental. You know, if your head's there, you're probably going to do well. You know, your body yeah. will follow suit. But if your body's there and your mind's in pieces, it's not even worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that, totally true. Um, so, you know, you, you graduate, you know, you, you know, you, you graduate from Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that and we can, you know, talk about it or not talk about it, but I noticed that, you know, your senior year, you didn't compete in the hammer in the national championships. Yep. Um, do you want to talk, talk about, about it if you yeah, want? Let's, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 I mean, let's, yeah. let's, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I fouled out, it was kind of a crappy year in hammer, you know, through far in the beginning. Um, and then, you know, things just kind of you have natural ups and downs, you know, dips and rises in your training, especially when you're doing three and you're trying to do three at a high level. And Hammer had just been particularly up and down that whole year. Um, And regionals and nationals just came at a time where we were in a pretty down low place. Um, you know, we tried to make the most of it, but ended up just caging three at regionals, you know, so I wasn't able to go to nationals, wasn't able to, you know, reclaim my number one title. But, uh, you know, for me, I always look at that moment really as a double-edged sword because, yeah, I wasn't able to go in the hammer and that totally sucks, but I truly, truly think that's the only reason I was able to win discus at nationals that year because I had two more weeks of let's put down the hammer, let's focus totally on discus and basically two weeks of praying it would rain because I knew that was the only way I could probably beat Val and Sade. Um, And so I think I was the only one that woke up that morning of nationals like, it's gonna rain. (laughs) But um, anyway, back to hammer. Yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, basically when I fouled out at regionals, you know, it put me in a pretty low place, obviously, with Hammer. Um, you know, you never like to do stuff like that, especially on such a big stage. And, um, you know, pretty much once we broke it down to focus on just shot and disc, we were like, it's not really a reason to pick up the Hammer for the rest of the year, so let's just keep yeah. focusing on shot and disc. And basically that's why we put it down that year at Nationals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure – I mean, you talked to me a little bit about it, but, how, you know, how were you able to kind of get out of that funk a little bit of, like, you know, knowing that you're not, you know, that's kind of, that was kind of it. Like, obviously, that's not how you would want to end. I mean, any, regardless of, like, caging a throw, like, yeah. that's not how you would want to end your, you know, like, your quote-unquote hammer career. But, like, 
you know, how, how were you able to kind of bounce back from that? No, for sure. I mean, I think it was a great learning experience. You know, I learned a lot about myself, about how to compete, about how to, you know, deal with adversity, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, really, really for me, um, once that moment happened, it was basically just, okay, check that off as an experience that I didn't want to have, but had to have. Yeah. Now I feel better, stronger, like a fuller athlete because of it. Cause now I know what that situation feels like and then I never want to feel it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and basically just change focus, switch gears, you know? Okay. No more hammer. All right. Let's look at the positives. Let's get to working on that discus and really that was kind of just how that year went. And then the next year when we picked up the hammer, you know, it's a new year. There's no reason going back, dwelling on something that happened. You know, you can't change it. You can't unmake it happen. So (laughs) really you just have to learn from the experience. And as long as you can learn something from it and, you know, take away something, not positive, but, you know, take away something from it, even if it's just knowledge or whatever, you know, it was an experience worth having. Um, yeah. And it's over now, so let's get back to work on the hammer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because, you know, because right now, I mean, you know, moving forward a little bit, you know, your 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 focus right now, you know, you, is the shot, correct? Mm-hmm. And so out of out of the three, um, you know, was it, was that an easy decision for you, for you to make? Okay. Like, let's talk <laughs> no. about the process on how you kind of landed there. Cause I mean, honestly, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, like, I just feel like, like, just like just being an outsider, like looking from the outside, like, yeah, I, I was, you know, <laughs> I was honestly, I was like, whoa, okay. Like, you know, that's <laughs> not, that's not what, I mean, if, if you would ask me before you made a decision, that's that's probably not where I would have thought you would have would have gone yeah. or focused. Yeah. On it. So I mean, it's a yes and a no. It, yeah. it was it was basically like discus is my absolute favorite event. It's what I've been throwing forever. You know, shot put was something I very begrudgingly picked up because my dad is like you should at least know how to throw two events when you get to college. And I was like, yeah. fine, I'll <laughs> learn how to throw the darn thing. Um, and so discus is like my absolute baby. Um, you know, like I will stay and watch every discus competition possible. I will go out and throw it just to have fun with it. I love discus, but when push came to shove, you know, at the end of the year, you know, I'm a realist at heart and, you know, I was like, there are really big things I want to accomplish in my post-collegiate career. And frankly, I just don't have the marks and I really I just don't think I have that exact skill set to accomplish those things in the discus so it's basically like thank you I love you you've been great but it's time to put you down um and so you know we really started to pursue the hammer and the shot and I do still throw a hammer um I don't post about as much and all that kind of stuff but I do still train the hammer I'm okay at it. You know, I throw far, but I don't throw super far consistently. You know, it's just one of those things. Um, But it's kind of something I always want to have like in my back pocket. And I hate only throwing one event. It's really boring for me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I do still throw both, but basically um, at the end of college, um, 
you know, it just came very, very clear that um, if you, if I want to do this and accomplish the things I want to accomplish, basically shot is where it's at for me. Shot's yeah. where it's all working, where it's all clicking. I'm most consistent and I feel like, you know, it's where I can really make a living, um, you know, cause it's in the diamond league. It's an easy event that you can throw, not easy by any means, but, but you, you know, you throw it indoors, you throw right. it outdoors. You don't need a huge field and a big cage to throw it, you know, like in that terms, right. Right. it's easy as far as facilities, the logistics right. of it. So really it just makes sense to go pro or whatever specialize yeah. in shot yeah versus the other three and so i kind of had to have that big realistic moment in my brain where i was like okay this is what's happening yeah yeah, yeah. totally and obviously you know i whatever i think whatever you would have chosen like just your work ethic and and how you go about your business i feel like you would have been successful in that but obviously you've made a you know, smart choices. I mean, so far, as far as what, what you're doing and like having hammer in the back pocket, like who knows, like, mm -hmm. you know, what would happen with that. But yeah, um, I do have a, a technique question for you. Yeah, for um, sure. You, you have this loading, like a preload, like um, thing at the beginning of your throw where you, mm -hmm. you start out and then you stop and then you bring it back in. Yep. I've always wondered like what, have you always had that? Like, what is that? What is that for? Like, what does that do? Like, as far as like, just to kind of help you? Yeah. Um, so for me, that came from when I switched coaches um, to Blue Trick. He basically did everything opposite of what I'd been taught from Dumble. You know, literally where Dumble says, you know, go up. Blue's like, no, you're going to go down there. You know, <laughs> where Blue says this, Dumble said that everything was totally opposite. And mm. the hardest thing for me was at the beginning, the entry that blue taught and his entry was very, you know, you have to get out and around this left foot, you know, you have to really get around that hinge. Um, and kind of, you know, blue teaches down into the middle, which not a right. lot of coaches teach. A lot of coaches are, you know, a little right. bit like that through the ring blues, very just down up. Yeah. And um, that was a very hard concept for me to grasp at first. And so we did a lot of these drills where he would have us do kind of like that little pump fake thing that I do. Yeah. <laughs> he would have us do those to get that feeling of, okay, I need to go around and down. I need to go around and down. I need to go around and down. Okay, let's try one. You know, and basically I kind of just never got rid of that. Yeah. It's, yeah, blue even laughs at me when I do it, you know, like, it's just something that I kind of never got rid of. It's just kind of like a pre-training in my brain, like, okay, Maggie, down and around, you know, yeah. and so I yeah. just, I just still have it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, it I doesn't mean, help. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> it just. It's the magic, guys. Like, all you young throwers out there, that's the magic. Like, if you don't know. Like, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, whatever works. I mean, it's just, like, I, I equivalent to, like, a free throw shooter, like, has their routine mm -hmm. and what they're doing, like, you know, before they shoot the ball. Like, I mean, that, that works for you. Other people have different, you know, different methods of winding, you know, reverse, like, going, you know, the other way first. And, yep. 
Yeah, so everybody's all technique, it's all different. Um, what would you say right now that you're, um, I mean, without giving away all your secrets, <laughs> uh, what, are, what, are you, what are you focusing right now as far as like in your, in your throw? Yeah, so my strike has kind of always been bad. Um, <laughs> I was never a glider, never tried it, never did it once in my life. Um, always been a rotational thrower and um, that was the bane of Blue's existence when my time at college. Basically, I don't, I have a very poor rotational strike. Um, you know, you want a strike to be very directional, very linear, you know, hand stacked on top of the shoulder, driven by the hip, you know, that whole kind of like gliding strike is really yeah. what we're still taught even when you're doing a rotational throw. And I just don't have that. <laughs> Yeah. And so for us, um, basically ever since blue came and still now, um, the strike is a huge technical area that I'm still working on. It's getting a lot better. Um, I almost welcome this year of COVID as a very great learning experience for me because it really gave me time to just like turn off the competition brain and really just dig into like these are the changes we need to make and this is the perfect time to make them and so I really um, think I'm starting to make those really big strides towards doing it right but the strike is a huge technical area for me that um I'm still working on <laughs> yeah that's awesome I, I I just I asked that question just because I want you know young the young listeners out there because there's probably a, a million of them you know I mean mm -hmm. <laughs> um to, to understand and know that yes like at this level like people are still trying to perfect different things of the throw oh, yeah. and it's not just like okay you get to that level now we're just you know we're eating at ho you know hotel food and and I don't yeah. know whatever whatever they think that you never know, you never want it to be perfect because once it's perfect you can't throw any farther yeah. you always want something to work on <laughs> There you go. That's that's great advice for all level of throwers. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I maybe basically. So right now you're tr you're training for you know, I guess I guess the trials that are coming up in in June. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're obviously the the big goal from that is to make the Olympic team uh, yeah. for Tokyo 2021. Um, did you? I mean, did you? At this point, I mean, obviously, at this point, it's you know, if you thought about it at this point, you would have already been at the Olympics. But when you were, you know, coming out of it, like at this point, do you feel like you're at the place where you want to be, um, or you had a schedule of where you're like you're gonna be, like, you know, because obviously, when you were training for the trials that were gonna be in 2020, like you obviously are pacing yourself to kind of get to that point where you're like, okay, now we're gonna like show out here. Then we have that kind of a month or, you know, whatever month and a half before we like, you know, load up and we go to Tokyo. Um, yeah. So do you have to reset like your training schedule to like when, once you found out like in late, I guess it would be, I think March, was it? Or no, May. It was March-ish. I don't know. I don't really yeah. <laughs> So did you have to like, okay, now we can just kind of slow the process or were you just continuing on through what you were planning on doing? And then taking whatever that break would be and then like, you know, starting from like whenever that would be 
a starting point for you? Pretty much, yeah. I think more so the second one, you know? Um, we kind of took the opportunity to be like, um, you know, like there's no reason to really change the schedule because we never knew like when things were actually going to close, if they were not going to close, blah, blah, blah. So we basically just trained like we normally did, peaked when we would normally peak, so we're not having some weird inconsistent yeah. year. And then, you know, taking the break and starting like new. We kind of just trained through the year like it was a normal year. We just never competed. Right. So I'm kind of, yeah. you know, we're like, we're where we want to be. But mm -hmm. frankly, we're a step ahead because we have a whole extra year of training under our belt. So right. Right. we're excited. So, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to ask you, so, you know, your fourth place finish in Doha, was that like, I mean, I knew you had had it in, in you to like, <laughs> You know, hit where you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, you know, obviously, you know, we're happy with that finish. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of like I said, it was kind of a rough year for me. You know, it's your first year of college, wasn't throwing well. You know, I think I had a meet where I threw 16 meters, I couldn't even get into the 17. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so frankly, the fact that, you know, I was able to kind of turn it around, you know, get that instant qualifier on that qualifying day. Frankly, with how I was throwing, the fact that I even made it to Doha was pretty awesome. Um, you know, and then I think the fact that I'd been to a Worlds before, that I had that experience, you know, I was really able to just kind of like settle into the experience and like make the most of it. And so I was really, we were very, very excited with how the year started versus how it ended. Um, really no complaints with how that went. <laughs> Yeah. So Maggie, I, I, I noticed that, you know, prior, you know, after you, you know, graduated, you were training down in Arizona with Ryan for a little bit. And then you guys made a move uh, back, I guess, back home. Mm -hmm. Like, like what was the transition? Was it just, was it a kind of a, like, it was easier just to train there? Or was it kind of like a rocky moment where like, I love the cold, like I want to like be back in the elements in the snow and, and all that stuff. But like, how, what, what was the, I guess reason behind it, if you feel comfortable talking about like the yeah. transition back back over there out from like where you were before no for sure yeah so when i got done with college i was training with blue trick still um you know but he he has so much talent on his college team you know between turner sam he's got beatrice who's a norwegian record holder he's got all this great amazing talent and um, you know, he's got a lot of kids. <laughs> His attention is very divided and I cannot blame him at all for that. Um, and I just, I really wanted to be kind of basically whoever I worked with 100% full attention. Um, you know, cause that's kind of what you need once you're at this level. And, uh, my boyfriend, Kyle, um, he'd been Blue's assistant coach for two years at that point after he had graduated from ASU after working under Blue. So, you know, he, he really knew Blue's technique. He's a great coach himself. Kyle's got this just amazing eye for throwing. He's just super, super talented. Um, and basically, you know, when it kind of got to the point where it's like, Thank you so much, Blue, for everything you've done. You know, you, like, you fully have gotten me to this point. I don't think anyone else could have. I really put all of my, you know, stock and worth in what Blue was able to bring out of me. Um, but it was just, you know, it was kind of clear that it's like, okay, it's time to take the next step. 
you know? And so I started working with Kyle, who I'm still working with, Mm -hmm. um, because he teaches the exact same thing as Blue. You know, he's only assistant coach at ASU, so I still had his full attention, you know, like when we would go to practice on our own and all that kind of stuff. And Ryan, I went to him. He started writing my workouts, um, and I'm super grateful for that. Um, you know, and we, we were down there, we were doing the thing, you know, we trained, lifted, all that kind of stuff. And when we got done with Doha, um, basically it was like, well, (laughs) now that I'm working with Kyle, um, you know, there's kind of not really a reason for like holding us in Arizona anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. the only reason we really stayed down there is because we both wanted to be working with Blue Trick. And once, you know, we weren't working directly with Blue Trick anymore, it was kind of like, well, you know, Kyle's from Pennsylvania, I'm from Minnesota, neither of us are anywhere near our families, um, and family is a really big thing for both of us. We were kind of like, it's time to choose, are we moving to Pennsylvania or Minnesota? Yeah. Um, so we moved back up to Minnesota. Um, Peyton Otterdahl reached out to us and mentioned, hey, there's a hot well first how you guys liking it it's great being yeah. home because <laughs> he's a minnesota boy too yeah and uh he was like i hear moorhead's looking for a throws coach and so within you know two or three weeks of us being back in minnesota we moved up to fargo north dakota which is only like three hours from my home um so we're still nice and close to family and kyle's a coach at a d2 which gives him you know he's only got like nine kids so he's still got plenty of time to work with me we have a facility it's it's really just all kind of worked out nicely kind of fell in the line for us so that's the story of how we're got up here (laughs) yeah that's awesome I mean obviously being close to the family is so nice just to have the Mm -hmm. support system um and uh you know I I you know have a question I've been asking you know a lot of the people who have been on this interview panel and I you know, I want to, I want to ask you, um, you know, mental health is kind of a big issue right now and actually, which is really good because it's come to light for a lot of reasons. Um, and I just want to ask you like, how, how are you able to, you know, keep your mind healthy and right? How do you stay balanced? How do you not get into a focus of like, you know, track all the time, you know, and you get to this point where it becomes more of an obsession, um, like, how are you able to, like, stay uh, stronger health, like, mentally? Like, what are the things that you do to kind of help you, uh, you know, work through things when, like, t- uh, times kind of feel like they're a little bit low? Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, I guess, what are some of the triggers that you recognize of yourself to go through that? Just because I feel like, like, that's one of the questions I always get is, like, like how how do I, you know, know when I'm going down that path, like how can I get out of it? Like what are some, you know, tricks? So I, I'm just, obviously everybody's different. I'd love to hear what you're, what you, what you thought about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mental health, I feel like for throwers especially is a big thing because we deal with so many stressors, just practice to practice. And the fact mm-hmm. that our event is such like a perfectionist thing, you know, there's so many little things we have to do correctly. Um, and you know, for me to, first of all, to not get super overwhelmed and just like drag down into track everything, um, 
is I have like, for me, I have like a million hobbies. You know, I, I have so many things that I can easily just sit down, do, and my mind just completely turns off or completely focuses on the task that I'm doing at the time. Um, so for me, honestly, that's, that's how I get out of that throwing, you know, like rut to just always be thinking about it. Um, hobbies are a great thing, <laughs> especially during quarantine. Yeah. Um, but you know, for me, I think, um, I have a really great support system when it comes to, you know, being, you know, down mentally, just like drained, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I have a great support system. You know, I can talk to my family and my friends and Kyle about, you know, basically anything. And, you know, they'll always listen. They'll always be there. And I think being open with people and being able to talk with people and, you know, share, you know, like, hey, I'm really nervous about thing, things are going, you know, or I'm really upset about where we're at right now. Like, I think just being able to be, like, open with people like that, have those really real conversations is kind of the way that I like to deal with it basically because you know there's not really another way in my mind to deal with it you know if you just try and put it off or wait through it or you know try and you know just see if things are going to change you know nothing's going to change unless you kind of actively try to make it or at least actively try and bring the problem to light um and so that's, that's where I guess I kind of keep mentally strong is I have a lot of great people that I can reach out to and, you know, who help me through those things. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's very, that's awesome. And I think a lot of like the core answers that I've gotten is being able to <laughs> surround yourself with people who are um, supportive and are willing to yeah. listen um, and just kind of be there for you, you know, and it's, I mean, I'm sure it's harder for those who are in the mainstream sports of like football and basketball and, you know, those ones that are, get the most publicity just because of like, you know, you feel like people are just around you because of like maybe the money or the, the fame or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, even yourself, you know, I'm sure I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but there's, you know, people who just want to talk to you just so they can brag that they, Hey, like I, I talked to, you know, the national champion and you got to, you know, find ways to protect yourself um, and filter out those people who are genuine, I guess. And then those Definitely. who are just around you just to boost their own, you know, ego or whatever you want to call it. But, um, but yeah, thank you for sharing. Uh, it's not a topic that's easy for people to, to talk about and open up, but I appreciate um, you, uh, you know, sharing that. So yeah, for sure, um, you know, I want to kind of move through. And I, again, I appreciate your time that we've had, just kind of, you know, chatting, you know, about you know experiences and everything else. Yeah. But um, I kind of have, I, I kind of want to turn to like some more light um, conversation, um, just kind of things that you, um, I get to, guess, to let people get to know you a little bit better. Um, get to know who you are and all those things. Um, so the first question I, I love to ask, and um, I always tell people the same thing. So for those of you who are listening, I guess um, when this comes out, you'll have heard this story many, many times, but 
do you have like a night before or a day of like comp routine that you do? So like for me personally, like when I was competing, I would take my jersey, I'd lay it on the floor and I'd take my shorts and I'd lay that down like as if I'm like dressing myself and then my socks and then my shoes. Uh-huh. And then like, and then, you know, if I wore a wristband, like I'd, you know, I'd put that there. Or if I was going to don a headband, like I'd, I'd put it on there. Like I wouldn't wear anything that I was, I wouldn't lay out anything that I wasn't going to wear the day of like that wouldn't like whatever. So like I would do that and I partially because I didn't want to forget anything before I packed mm-hmm. up my bag, but I always felt like I threw better, like when I laid stuff out. So I share the story because like when I went to an out of state meet and I roomed with like, like a runner, like right mm-hmm. before bed, like I'm like laying down my stuff and he's like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this is like, this is normal. Like, this is how yeah. you throw far. So, yeah. um, I mean, do you have any quirky, like little things that you, that you do that would be fun to share? Um, I guess we're kind of similar. I, I do the same thing where it, for me, it's usually like the second I get to the hotel, you know, okay. even if, like four days before a competition, you know, there's usually like an ottoman or a chair, a desk or something where I'm like, okay, here's my shorts, here's my jersey, here's the socks I'll wear here, you know, lay it all out. Cause yeah. kind of like you, I'm like, I need to make sure I have everything. I need, <laughs> I'm a worrier. I'm a big worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will convince myself after having checked seven times that I forgot something. Forgot some, yeah. Never do. Yeah. So I, I do it like the second I get there. Um, but then other than that, not really. I'm not really a big superstition or anything like that. I just kind of, I kind of go about the day, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> My day. I had yeah. a moment in high school where when I was still just like a little thrower on the block, you know, <laughs> I remember at the state meet, I ran into the state champion who had just set the state record like the year before, you know, yeah. I remember so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know, like yeah. we're throwing today and it's gonna be great. And I remember we were checking our discuses and I was like, oh my gosh, are you so excited? And she was like, I mean, it's another day, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, that's okay. <laughs> and honestly, that's kind of been kind of my feelings ever since then, you know, like it could be the day of worlds. And don't get me wrong, like I'm excited, I'm super right. grateful to be there, all that kind of stuff, but you know, like more you psych out about it you know the more psych out about it and so for me you know I kind of just treat every day like cool you know let's do this thing today it's just another day of doing what we love so that's awesome yeah not really Uh, anything (laughs) I think I already know the answer to this but are you are you particular of like your shot put like who touches your shot no you're not okay that's surprising Surprising. I do not care. Yeah, shots a shot. They're all just metal balls. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. As long as it's the right diameter and the right weight, no, I don't really care. All right. <laughs> Were you the same way with your discs? Uh, I wasn't until somebody threw that discus into the cage and it blew mm. into a whole bunch of pieces. <laughs> and then at that point, I was like, I can't care this much about an implement. So yeah. I don't care from then on. Yeah. Well, that's good though, because like, you know, I I always I you know going to the state meet, the, they bring the you know the implements out on a cart, and mm-hmm. it's like it's like these feeding frenzy of like throwers, you know, <laughs> they 
they um, take theirs and then they and then you separate the big you know the big crowd yeah. and like it's like there's nothing like left on the yeah rack. no that was that was another thing my dad i i have so many little things in my brain yeah from, i was like a baby but my dad always liked to talk about how i believe it was brian oldfield loved to just like mess with people by just like I'm going to throw your shot this throw. I'm going to throw your shot next throw. And I'm going to take that one for this throw. And, you know, ever since then, I was kind of like, yeah, I guess it really doesn't matter which one you use. Huh? They're all the same. Yeah. So, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I always tell my kids to go through. I was like, hey, I'll dare you to go throw that discus over there. <laughs> and like, no, no, I can't do that. I was like, come on. It's just a disc. It's fine. Like, just, yeah, just throw fine. it. Yeah. But they won't do it. Too embarrassed. <laughs> Um, do you have like a pre-comp go-to meal? Like, do you, are you kind of like, I'll eat whatever? Or are you kind of like, I got to eat, you know, you know. I'm, I'm an eat, I'll eat whatever, unless I have the option to go to Olive Garden. Okay. Or just to cook up a big steak and make a huge pot of mashed potatoes. <laughs> Other than that, I really don't care. There you go. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, Olive Garden, that's, that's such a funny, I mean, such a specific, like, restaurant, you know? Yeah, our head coach, when we were in high school at State, we stayed in a hotel because we were far enough away from the venue. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, I don't know why he did it, but every year, right before, you know, the first day of State, he would take all of the athletes to Olive Garden. <laughs> so ever since then... If I yeah. can go, I'd, I'd like to, but I don't need yeah. to. What is your, what did you, what is your go-to? Like, what do you like, what do you like at the Olive Garden? Besides the breadsticks and the salad, which is <laughs> awesome. Shout out to Olive Garden. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Ravioli de Portobello. Okay. Except there's much more fancy accent that goes on that I can't <laughs> yeah. do. Um, but yeah, it's basically just mushroom raviolis. There you They're go. Great. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I always, like before I was I'm, I'm gluten free now, so it's it's hard to like, you know, eat at the Olive Garden now because the breadsticks are so awesome. So yeah, you know, Olive Garden, if you're listening or somebody, you know, give me some gluten free breadsticks and I'll partake <laughs> in some of that stuff. But I was a huge fan of the um, the tour of Italy. Mm-hmm. You know that one? So you got a little bit of like uh, Alfredo uh, fettuccine. Yeah, the chicken parm, and then you had the slice of uh, lasagna. That was yeah. the that was the go to. Yeah, a little bit of everything. So <laughs> I was really happy with that. Yeah, the tour of Italy for sure. The good one. Yeah. Um. Okay. One of my my I don't know. I love this question, and maybe you have some, or maybe not. But uh, most most embarrassing throwing moment, if you can think about it, like you know, do you have one where you know? <clears throat> embarrassed by you know something that happened or oh I don't know I suppose I think in kind of like a funny way of what happened at regionals what's really ironic is every single hammer I threw and caged that day I also broke in some way so the first and they were all tungstens they were all like really nice tungsten hammers yeah so the first one was ASU's I threw it into the cage and just dented in the swivel. The second one was ASU's. I threw it into the cage and just like ripped apart the handle. And the third one was one of Oklahoma State 
or University of Oklahoma. I, I can never remember. Like the yeah. maroon one. Yeah. Where Blue had just come from. Okay. Him, and one of his athletes and me were really close. And Ashley was like, here, use my tungsten. And I was like, thank you. And I threw that into the cage and destroyed that handle as well. So that was kind of sad and kind of embarrassing. So I had to go back up to her. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but uh, I hope you do well, Nationals. <laughs> That's funny. One of my favorite ones to tell, you know, my, my own kids is that, you know, I always try to dedicate throws to like this you know, to girls when I was throwing at the time. And like, <laughs> I, you know, cause I, I mean, I was the best, I was the best thrower on my team. I, I walked a, with a lot of arrogance back then, but you know, I was talking to this girl, I was like, I'm going to PR for you. Like, I'm going to do this for you. <laughs> and I fouled, I fouled, I fouled three times. So I had no mark, like two of them hit the pole. And then one of them like literally like, fl- sailed over the, the netting. Oh, and, like, it, and it, yeah. And so like, <laughs> I mean, totally, like, fell over to the left, like, came over the top, sailed over the netting, and, like, at this field, like, it, like the, the right sector was along a fence line that, looked like, was on a street side. Mm-hmm. So my discus literally went over the fence, over the netting, on the fence, like, onto the street, and, like, yeah. did. And I literally just remember, like, walking out the ring, and I just kept walking like the whole sector line and I just kept walking all the way to the parking lot and I went around to get my just like I didn't even stop to talk to anybody and take my shoes off I was so embarrassed like like I was just like the walk of shame because I yeah. just really embarrassed myself because uh, I made I obviously made a huge deal about it and that's tough yeah so I went put my headphones on at the time and just kind of sulked for a little bit because <laughs> it was really hard a big hit on my ego oh for sure yeah um do you what you kind of mentioned hobbies and stuff like that that you do like what are some of like the like hidden talents that you might that that you have hidden talents um i'm really good at crocheting that's exciting (laughs) so like 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 hats sweaters socks like blankets and stuff like that i don't know (laughs) washcloths yeah, exactly. You know, okay. you know, whatever you want this little square of fabric to be, basically. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah. So just basically like square rectangle ish. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's basically. <laughs> so it could be a poncho. You could cut a hole in in the middle, and you just exactly. You just, you just got to get creative, and it there could be. That's awesome. <laughs> um. Uh, this next one is kind of like what I call favorites, you know, I'll just kind of list the different type of things and then we can kind of go through it. Okay. Um, a favorite animal. It's probably either a wolf or a bear. Okay. They're kind of even. They've always been kind of even my whole life. It's been an ongoing dilemma for me. <laughs> wolf, wolf or bear. That's, yeah, that's wolf actually, or bear. Yeah. Um, uh, favorite if you have a favorite all-time song like maybe a song that always is coming up before you like yeah like a playlist song like for me like like whenever I was gonna go compete this is kind of a weird one or maybe it's not so weird but it was the the anthem of Top Gun like you know like the like the beginning of it okay you yeah know? I mean I was singing for you but it's horrible but like, <laughs> <laughs> but that was I always the one <laughs> yeah you can look at it after um, but i'll put it on the link for everybody else to know but yeah that was it well that was the one like I, I that was always like the first song that i had to play 
Yeah, anytime I, I watch Top Gun or whatever, it always brings me back to the moments of like, eating, <laughs> you know, so. For me, it is a year by year thing. It's kind okay. of whatever song I'm obsessed with when track season starts. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you have a, a recent one? Not really, because I haven't had a track season. In a yeah, while. I guess that's true. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, all-time favorite movie? Oh, that's tough. That's I. I really like. It's very random. I really like the Book of Life. I don't even know if you've heard of it. It's very. Uh, I have not. I'm like not. a little animated kind of. They all look like little wooden puppets kind of thing. <laughs> it's about the Day of the Dead and. Spanish songs. I just love it. I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yep. The Book of Life. I'll have to check that the out. Okay. Um, all time favorite candy. Ooh, probably Milky Ways. Ooh. Yeah. Frozen? Do you put them in the freezer? No, no. No. Can't wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you buy the fun size bag. You throw it in there. That's true. Those are dangerous. Out. I just oh, yeah. threw it right then yeah. and there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Milky Ways uh, for sure are up there. I, lo I, I love Dots, though. You know Ooh, what Dots are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite movie theater thing is Dots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they get stuck in your teeth and like four hours later, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, little free snack. <laughs> <laughs> um, a favorite snack food, like kind, of a, like kind of a guilty pleasure type of thing. Do you have any? Probably just ice cream. I okay. I could eat it all the time, anytime. You have a flavor? Negative forty out. Uh, I really like just like straight up strawberry, like the kind with oh. the big chunks of strawberries in it and stuff. Yeah, okay. can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, Starbucks drink your go-to. Probably a white mocha. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm a fan yeah. of the white mochas. You like hot or iced? hot just because okay. you get way more <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true yeah. <laughs> go for the volume yep um sports to watch like other than track and field if you have any don't have any no <laughs> if it's not track i don't really care <laughs> yeah so you're not hockey. Like a, a, I guess hockey. hockey yeah okay. i was gonna say so you're not like a vikings fan or timberwolves fan or I mean, like, I'm a Twins fan, fan, but I'm not going to sit and watch them, you know? Okay. I'll root, you know, yay, they did well, but I'm not going to sit and watch it. <laughs> yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, and then um, if you weren't a thrower, I would want to be a... If I was the right size for it, I would love to be a gymnast. <laughs> I think they are freaking amazing, but yeah. I not sized for gymnastics <laughs> yeah that's awesome and then I guess like what are you, like do you have any thoughts like post uh track career like what you know you're gonna get into coaching like you're gonna settle I down I'm not even thinking about that yet that's okay yet <laughs> that's okay it's always just a fun question to see what they would what people would want to do like when you know, if they have an interest in, you know, I want to be a real estate agent or <laughs> like that's the dream. I want to, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Nope, not yet. Stay gotcha. at home and crochet with my dog. That's hey, all there you go. so far. That's awesome. Um, and lastly, I just want to give you the opportunity to give some shout outs uh, to whoever you want to 
shout out me if, if you have any like people or, or meme pages that you love. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, I don't know. I, I suppose right now I really have to shout out to um, NDSU and Moorhead for having taken me in these past two years because I'm a total stranger to them, but they treat me like family. Um, other than that, I don't know. Shout out to my dog, Luna, because she's awesome. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Hobby Lobby and Ben Franklin and, and Michaels for mm -hmm. providing their crochet materials. Yeah. Like that's I'll be there later today, so <laughs> big shout out to them. That's awesome. Well, hey, Maggie, I appreciate you coming on uh, and taking time out of your day. Um, for those of you who have not already, I don't know why you haven't, but you should give her a follower on Instagram. Uh, find her at Magdalene May, so M-A-G-D-A-L-Y-N. M-A-E. Uh, give her a follow, check her out, support her journey as she's going through, um, you know, leading up to her Olympic trials and everything else before that. But, but Maggie, thank you for coming on. I appreciate the time, um, hanging out, chatting, um, talking about all things from throwing to, you know, your hobbies and all that, all that fun stuff. So, um, of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. For sure.